Hello and welcome to another edition of Logical, the legal podcast from the Dubai-based law firm HPL, Yamalava and Plethka. And Logical is still the Gulf region's first and only regular legal podcast. My name's Tim Elliott on the 18th floor, socially distanced at Dubai's JLT, Jamira Lakes Towers District, at the firm's offices with the managing partner, Ludmilla Yamalaba. Good to see you, Ludmilla. Good to see you too, Tim. Now, this edition of Logical is all going to be about employment, but in particular and specifically about a number of judgments and decisions regarding terminations and resignations of employment relationships as a result of COVID-19, which, of course, uh, is still affecting so many of us. Now, to give this discussion some context, Ludmilla, can we start by considering Resolution 279 of 2020? Now, this is a ministerial decree regarding, and I'm going to quote here, the stability of employment in private sector companies, during the period of applying precautionary measures to contain the spread of the novel coronavirus. Now, that needs simplification, which I'm hoping uh, you can do. What does this decree effectively mean? Yeah, effectively, this is a decree that sets out a framework for companies who are negatively affected by the COVID-19 pandemic to mitigate their exposure and their costs with regards to their businesses and employment in particular. Uh, Among other things, and in the simplest of terms, uh, the decree sets out uh, several options that companies uh, have to follow in order to uh, help mitigate uh, their exposure to, uh, um, to coronavirus or the pandemic. And in particular, it refers to really in the simplest terms when a company finds itself, uh, as so many companies have, uh, commercially and um, practically struggling with regards to just uh, keeping afloat. Uh, and obviously, employment and uh, employee salaries in particular are fairly uh, significant percentage of companies' business expenses and operational expenses. Uh, so what can those companies do under such circumstances with regards to perhaps mitigating their uh, employment or employee uh, costs? And so, and this is in light of obviously the the current UAE laws and in particular employment laws, which would under ordinary circumstances set out certain obligations and responsibilities uh, on companies in terms of how they treat their employees and the obligations that they have towards their employees. Uh, So uh, this particular uh, regulation or resolution refers to a scenario where a company either cannot pay salaries uh, or uh, temp- permanently uh, or um, temporarily. And obviously this was, uh, the, the resolution was introduced at the time when we did not know how long this was going to last. So at the time, many companies did not know whether their inability to carry on these uh, salaries would be temporary or permanent because we could not really tell how long the pandemic would last. And uh, to this day, we still really can't quite tell. Uh, But ultimately, it sets out uh, options for companies to help them mitigate uh, this exposure by offering them different, legally, different options that they could uh, propose to their employees. Uh, So one of which, obviously, is to offer their employees telecommuting setup, in other words, working from home. Uh, Another one is to offer the employees uh, paid leave 
and this is in lieu of paying salary uh, first uh, so first it's offering uh, to work from home second it's offering for them to just take paid leave third is take unpaid leave uh, fourth is to uh, perhaps take a pay cut uh, and then uh, or temporarily and then finally to take a pay cut permanently so it sets out these different options and depending on the interpretation uh, one interpretation is that in order before the company uh, ultimately permanently reduces uh, an employee's salary, it has to go through, through these other options. In other words, it first has to offer the paid leave, the unpaid leave, then the reduction, temporary reduction in salary, and then only then it would um, uh, offer or um, request uh, the uh, permanent reduction in salary. But it, so it depends on how you read the law. Uh, uh, some companies have gone straight to, for example, reducing salaries temporarily. Others have gone through straight through to offering or putting the employees on uh, unpaid leave. Uh, but at the end of the day, this is these are the different options that um, the regulators have offered for companies to consider prior to terminating the employees. And the hope is that this encourages, I guess, amongst companies, it encourages good faith. I mean, two things, and this will lead to one question. Unfortunately, 2020 um, has affected lots of people as coronavirus has uh, spread. Dubai courts have had to issue a number of judgments and decisions regarding terminations and, and resignations of employment relationships as a result of uh, COVID. In these terminations, the court considered Resolution 279 of 2020 and whether the terminations were, I guess, reasonable or not. Now, unsurprisingly, it must have taken up a huge amount of court time. Well, for sure, but these are unprecedented times and uh, extraordinary times for, for many. And obviously, a lot of employees have found themselves um, either without jobs altogether and with no notice or with uh, salaries uh, which are uh, reduced, significantly reduced from their previous salaries. Uh, so unsurprisingly, a lot of disputes uh, arose. Uh, some of them ended up in courts. And um, similarly so, to be fair, a lot of companies have all obviously found themselves in the, in the, in the bind. Uh, where all of a sudden their income and their earning abilities uh, have been not just dramatically impacted, but in many ways almost halted uh, to zero. Uh, so what do you do as, as a company when you just, you know, the, the regular income stream that you have reasonably uh, expected uh, just came to a halt without any notice? Uh, so the the court, what we've seen with the courts, um, obviously the courts have been busy dealing with all these different matters, but what we, what we have seen them uh, do or the position take is a fairly balanced position. And that is, let's just be fair to both sides. Uh, there have been plenty of employees who have been perhaps mistreated by their companies uh, on account of COVID-19, uh, where COVID-19 was used more as an excuse uh, than a legitimate reason. Uh, and equally so, there have been a lot of um, you know, companies who have been genuinely affected by COVID-19. Uh, so that's that was the purpose of the regulation. And the courts have been busy, as you said, uh, applying this particular regulation on, uh, um, on so both sides of uh, the disputes. Now, let me just get this absolutely straight. The basis of the, the test, the reasonableness test, as, as it's become known, uh, was whether the employee was willing to consider paid or unpaid leave. 
uh, or a reduced salary on the basis of Resolution 279 of 2020. Now, and if an employee rejected all of the options, the court often didn't award arbitrary dismissal. However, if the employer terminated the employee without providing any of those options to an employee, the courts were generally awarding employees arbitrary dismissal. Is that, is that reasonable? To stand yes. With? And so before we go into that, uh, it's important perhaps or it would be beneficial to highlight uh, why this resolution is um, is relevant and what it means for the employment sector in the UAE. And that right. is because of the UAE labor laws. And so what uh, rules and regulations would normally apply under ordinary circumstances when a company would terminate an employee, uh, an employee at, or at the end of... Ter- uh, at the end of employment, whether uh, in the event of termination or resignation, certain rights and obligations are attached to both sides. Uh, so, for example, if an employee resigns, uh, there is an obligation for an employee to serve notice, at least a one-month notice. Uh, and or if there's contractually agreed to something something longer, then they would have to either serve that notice or compensate the company uh, for a reduced notice period. Uh, if, for example, there's a limited contract, let's say for three years, an employee resigns uh, two years into the limited contract, then there's also an obligation on the employee to compensate the company to the tune of a month and a half, for right. example. So these are just some examples that are normally uh, that arise from the, the UE labor law. And similarly, from a company's perspective, the company has the obligation uh, for example, to either honor the, uh, the limited contract uh, of employment for three years, but if it terminates that contract early, then in addition to uh, paying out the employee, it's um, his or her notice period and paying, obviously, the um, the uh, salary, then paid salary and vacation and so on and so forth, in addition to everything else, the company would also have to pay the employee what's called the arbitrary dismissal. In the limited contract, the arbitrary dismissal is three months of total salary. In unlimited contracts, uh, there's also an obligation of the company to uh, compensate an employee, even in a limited contract, up to three months of total salary in the event there was dismissal that was unwarranted or an unjustified dismissal. So that's where the arbitrary dismissal term comes from. It's, it's one of the obligations that the company uh, has to abide by in the event the uh, uh, the employment agreement or relationship terminates either prematurely or without cause. So this particular resolution has been applied in particular with regards to the uh, the arbitrary dismissal compensation. Uh, and the idea of why these options were introduced in uh, in the resolution was to allow the companies to, for example, phase in, phase out, or test out the gravity of the pandemic, and therefore phase out uh, in their employees and test to see how much how many of these employees are able to carry through, and and what. Uh, what salaries they may still be able to afford and uh, make their adjustments uh, with time. So therefore, let's say if you have an employee that was in a limited contract for three years and now a year into it, you're into in the pandemic. And now companies can no longer carry those employees, obviously, because they're being directly affected by the pandemic. Under normal circumstances, when you terminate the employee, you would have to pay them three months of of arbitrary dismissals, three months of salary, full salary, as compensation for dismissing them prematurely or earlier than their otherwise agreed contractual term of three years. 
So as you can imagine, it's a fairly significant expense for the company. So if all of a sudden a company has 100 employees and they have to terminate 50 of them, which was a very uh, common scenario under the circumstances, you can imagine take 50 employees and time uh, three months of salary to each one of them. But the very purpose of why you're terminating the employees is because you don't have money to pay their salaries. Mm. So now you would have to pay, instead of their salaries, you'd have to pay them three months salary for each one of them to terminate them. So you can see commercial and from business perspective, it's very, it's, it's almost, it's prohibitively uh, expensive, if not impractical for companies to actually abide uh, by those regulations or by employment laws under ordinary circumstances. And that's why the resolution was introduced. And um, there have been cases since then that have been pl- filed by employees in particular, claiming that they should have been awarded arbitrary dismissal. And in most cases, for example, it's a, uh, most employees claim the full three months because, let's face it, three months of salary under circumstances and any circumstances is quite a significant uh, amount of money. But under current circumstances, is definitely so. Uh, so there have been many cases filed by employees claiming exactly that. And so what we have seen courts do is that they take a fairly reasonable and balanced approach in terms of deciding whether companies are obligated or were obligated to pay arbitrary dismissal uh, to those employees whom they've ultimately terminated uh, during the pandemic. Coronavirus as a pandemic has changed so much for, for so many people, whether employee or employer. The sensible thing for many employees was to be at least willing to consider paid or unpaid leave or, or reduced salary because really you're left with no choice. But it's a hard thing to accept when there's no timeline on the virus. We don't know what's going to happen. There's no real light at the end of uh, a tunnel. Friends of mine were furloughed, for example. Uh, and even though it was never uh, explicitly mentioned, they really just saw it as a matter of time until their employment was terminated. That was just the nature uh, of what we, we saw just a couple of months back. Well, yes. And in many cases, there were a lot more sort of unfortunate situations where companies just yeah. um, terminated employees right there on the spot just yeah. because they did not have money to pay. Uh, there were others who offered employees, for example, to take reduced salary for a certain period of time. And it's those, but there were also others that perhaps didn't quite offer, but rather imposed reduced salary. And it, in most cases, it was in, in those circumstances where employees ultimately felt disgruntled and then filed cases with the court seeking compensation for arbitrary dismissal, uh, for example, because they were ultimately forced to accept reduced salaries. And in cases like that, the courts have said, well, and they look obviously at, at the specifics of how companies have handled the situations. And in those cases where companies have actually offered employees reduced salaries and employees rejected, and on the back of that, they either resigned or companies terminated them. And then, and then as a result of, of the end of this employment, employees would file cases in with the, with the Dubai courts seeking compensation, among other things, for arbitrary dismissal, mm. i.e. three months of salaries. In those cases where courts have found that companies have offered reduced compensation and asked their employees to accept, but employees refused, in those cases, the uh, courts have held that it's employees that 
who acted unreasonably, and therefore they are not entitled to arbitrary dismissal, which is quite interesting because in technical terms, uh, formally speaking, if you just look at the labor law, if you were terminated without notice and without cause, uh, you are entitled to the arbitrary dismissal. But the courts here are looking and applying the reasonableness standard on both sides of the equation. So if you as an employee were acting unreasonable because you failed or refused to accept reduced compensation, therefore now, well, you're not you're not uh, entitled to arbitrary dismissal because ultimately the termination of your employment is your own cause or your own doing. And once again, COVID-19 is is the difference. I mean, it's very easy to sit here and come firmly down on the side uh, of the people, as it were. But you do have to ask, what can a company do when it's faced with a situation like COVID-19? Where do you go if you simply cannot afford to pay uh, people? Um it's, it's a philosophical discussion, really. I'm sure there are many companies who've tried to act as honorably as they can. The issue, though, is the far spicier stories, the sexier stories about those who, you know, didn't act honorably. It's as simple as that, isn't it? Well, that's it. And this, and we don't see enough of those cases because at the end, most of the cases that end up in court are um, brought by disgruntled employees who feel that they have been mistreated. Mm. And in most cases, they have been mistreated, That where companies took the, uh, took the position of uh, either punishing the employees by not offering them all the things that, they, uh, that they're entitled to, and we've seen many cases like that, or ignoring the laws, or being simply ignorant to the laws. Mm. Uh, but this is something else. The the cases that we're discussing today, and there have been surprisingly quite a few of them that were brought uh, before local courts, are of employees perhaps uh, who are acting a little bit in bad faith themselves by claiming more compensation than they are otherwise entitled to. And granted, it's difficult to accept reduced compensation, especially in a place like Dubai, where we're all expats. And so we've, we don't really have necessarily our extended family network to tap into to kind of help us bridge uh, the shortfall in our income abilities. Uh, but at the same time, if the company doesn't have money to pay, then it's better to take something than to have nothing. And then the more employees would resign because they're not getting their full time full salary, uh, the um, uh, the harder for company will be to survive if all of those employees go and file court cases against the company. Uh, so, and that's really what I think the courts are trying to do here is to strike a balance, help businesses survive. Uh, and at the same time, make sure that businesses don't abuse and don't use the COVID-19 as an excuse to get rid of those employees who uh, are, you know, they now realize perhaps are costing them too much or not necessarily beneficial to the business. From the government's perspective, what else can be done? What other steps might be taken as COVID-19 uh, persists? Well... It's interesting because there are some regulatory authorities these days and DMCC, which is where it's the licensing authority where uh, our firm is, is doing these days quite, is offering, or not offering, actually introducing kind of by default automatic insurance. Uh, so, and that's uh, insurance for end of service compensation. 
so we're just discovering this ourselves. And that is, let's say, if we have a new employee now or we're renewing employee's visa now as one of the requirements uh, as part of the renewal is that the company uh, takes on insurance that would ultimately provide coverage to the employee in the event the company is unable to pay end of service and perhaps whatever other employment entitlements. Uh, so that's an interesting twist, and I certainly think it's hugely beneficial for actually both sides because what's happening right now with the pandemic is very real, and a lot of companies are finding themselves in an extremely difficult position where they cannot compensate their employees, and it's not by their own choice, uh, and it's not uh, and it's not by their own sort of interest, and they want to continue to stay in business, and they want to be able to compensate their employees, in particular those employees who have deserved compensation, but they have nothing to pay them from. So presumably with these new tactics such as uh, mandatory insurance plans, um, now at least even if the company is not in a position to pay, there will be insurance policy that will provide some kind of relief to the employee under those circumstances. So that's one new initiative that we have seen being implemented, and I think it's a huge uh, step forward, a huge development. And it's also, if it's introduced early on, and it's it's actually even affordable for companies. It's not hugely expensive. Uh, so therefore, it, it's not this kind of a, a big capital investment that all companies are now required to do uh, to mitigate against future exposure. It's more gradual and uh, it's very palatable for most businesses. It's an extraordinary time. Extraordinary times call for extraordinary measures. Nobody could have predicted COVID-19. That we know. But post-COVID-19, what happens to a resolution like 279? Final question, because very simply, companies and employees and employers can't be expected to recover overnight. Indeed. And uh, this is all a bit of a moving target. This Mm. is, as you said, it's very unprecedented. And uh, the uh, the terms that are used in a resolution, such as the the pandemic and uh, um, the challenges that are uh, that are uh, being brought to the economy by virtue of this COVID nineteen. Well, there were a lot more. The challenges were a lot more grave four months ago than they are today. So, but yet. The pandemic is still sort of here, but is it really? It's not really in the same extent as it, as it was, for example, four or six months ago, uh, but it's still here. So therefore, there is a bit of uncertainty as to, well, how long does regulation last? I mean, is it still applicable? Because it does refer to the pandemic and the challenges that it, it causes to the overall economy. Uh, but it is a bit of a sliding scale. So... Uh, the, the language of the re- resolution suggests that it's effective as long as the pandemic is is still in effect. And so I guess it becomes more a philosophical question, <laughs> is the pandemic still in effect uh, or is it in effect but to a lesser degree? And therefore, uh, if it is to a lesser degree, is the resolution still applicable? Uh, so I think the safest, uh, safe, safest strategy is to assume that the resolution remains until the government uh, mandates otherwise. That's another episode of Logical, an explanation of Ministerial Resolution 279 of 2020. As always, our legal expert here on Logical today was Ludmila Yamalova, managing partner here at Yamalova and Plethka. And also, as ever, uh, I'm very appreciative of your legal perspective. Thank you, Tim, as always. If you have a legal question you need answered in a future episode of Logical, or if you'd like a consultation with a qualified UAE-experienced legal professional, you can now WhatsApp us 00971 525 
1611 or just head to lylawyers.com and click the contact button.